0: Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. The movies this week are Tucker and Dale vs. Evil and The Cabin in the Woods. Just in time for hunting season.
1: Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols, which will be used by this theater,
2: we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. No, it's free with ads.
1: Ooh, nice. Stop, stop telling me about voodoo.
2: Yeah, I know. That doesn't do you any good. But having free health care. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Get over it.
1: It's, it's kind of worth it. I'm whoopi, not gonna whoopi, lie to you. I mean,
3: whoopee fucking do. We've got fucking Walmart streaming service, you cocksucker.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I didn't
1: even go to the doctor this week. I should have.
3: Yeah, just because you can. Just, just once a week. Went for my weekly checkup.
1: There's two different movies called Action Jackson that are available for rent through YouTube. And there's a free version of a movie called Action Jackson, but it's only in Hindi.
2: That's probably would, the one you
1: should watch. Really. I would most <laughs> certainly watch the one in Hindi. Something's fucked up with my internet browser. And i the words, like on YouTube, all the words are jumbled. It's weird. It looks like it's like Arabic writing or something, but it's not. It's just jumbled up letters.
2: Oh my god. Action, Action Jackson 2014 full Hindi movie. Blockbuster. I think we should watch nope. this one.
3: <laughs> no. <laughs> My love is a flower. <laughs>
2: oh, this Federale just grabbed this dude's collar. That's not a good idea. He's going to beat you up. Yep, he's got no shirt on. He's got tattoos. And a katana. Come on,
1: Doug. No, we can't. That's not the... Uh...
2: He's not even stabbing people with a katana. He's just straight punching them right in the
1: face. Yeah, but that's not the movie that's on the list.
2: Uh, I believe it says Action Jackson. I don't believe we signified which one it has to be. No, no, I'm totally saving this for later, though. You
3: guys need to quit talking about it before I get froggy and start slapping some Bollywood movies on here. (laughs) No. Because there's some gloriously bad ones.
2: Hmm. Yep, there's a dance number and what looks like the stage for Wrestlemania. <laughs> it's all lit up with different designs and shit.
1: Alright, I'm just going to pick different movies to avoid further conversation.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> racist.
1: Yep, sure. That's not racist. Because I don't like dancing in my movies. It's
3: double racist.
2: I typed in Deadly Prey. These are all the movies that are underneath of it. And it's rage to kill and the synopsis race car driver Blaine
3: Stryker
2: Need it grows concerned about his younger brother, a med student on the island of Saint Heron. General Turner plans to blow up his school to blame the destruction on counter revolutionaries. Stryker infiltrates Saint Heron and is captured by the it was captured and electro tortured. He joins forces with the counter revolutionaries and foils a plot to assemble Russian missiles on the island. Seems like stuff
3: that race car drivers should be doing. Add it to the list. That sounded like somebody took Rambo 2 and True
1: Lies and made it have a baby.
2: <laughs> so, no, you want to tell us about uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil?
1: Excellent transition, bro.
3: Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm a I- master at this. I do want to tell you about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Uh, It is about two uh, redneck friends, Tucker and Dale, who are attempting to move to their new summer home, which is a terrifying cabin out in the middle of the woods. It's a fixer-upper. At the same time, we have a group of uh, stereotypical, although probably a little dumber than even the stereotypical teenagers in horror movies that are going out into the woods... Uh, due to some miscommunications and uh, eggings on by one particularly disturbed teenager, they place themselves into conflict and are slowly taking themselves out and assuming that Tucker and Dale are doing the killing. Uh, and chaos ensues. That's that's pretty much the whole plot. Oh yeah, we find out that the uh, the douchey teen is actually uh, half redneck, which... I don't think it's a thing. <laughs>
1: it's, it's actually uh, first of all, half, all yes, half, it is.
3: It's actually half hillbilly. Oh, half hillbilly. Yeah. Sorry.
1: I definitely, right. think, I definitely think hillbilly or redneck, depending on how politically correct you're trying to be, is a culture and that you can be born into it and that you can uh, definitely be half and half. So, yep.
3: Yeah, but do you think it's genetic? Do you think you get past
1: hillbilly gene?
3: Like...
2: You ever, oh, you ever yeah. met a hill,
1: you ever met a hillbilly kid and asked him to introduce you to his parents and they just weren't hillbillies? I don't think so.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I got I got a white trash gene from my mom's side of the family, but I try to suppress it as much as possible. So you can be half and half.
1: Yeah, like I I come I come from rednecks. I fully admit that, and it's like it's diluted because I'm only partial redneck. But every now <laughs> and again, I do some stuff and I realize, oh. I not sure why I did that. <laughs> it's, like, you know, it's like, oh look at that. Propped the barbecue up with bricks because that wheel fell off. Could have could have fixed the wheel, but
2: <laughs> don't, never don't ever have to fix the bricks. That's a better solution. Exactly. Um, so I think this is probably gonna be this is gonna be a weird episode where we just talk about how much we love everything, so
1: yeah, like let's get let's get it out of the way early. Does anybody like does anybody wanna pull like some bullshit stance for you pretend you don't <laughs> like <Kendall> versus Evil? <laughs> if either one of you tries to tell me you don't <laughs> like this movie, I'm gonna say you're lying.
3: Well no, I'm sure. <laughs> uh Yeah, I would say it, the whole thing is is and I, I say it a lot, but comedy slash horror movies uh, do not do very good if you try to do 50-50. If you try to make it like a comedy movie and a horror movie, it either needs to be a horror movie that is kind of funny or a funny movie that has horror themes to it. Uh, yeah. Tucker and Dale's one of those few exceptions that they fucking nail it. like Because <laughs> it is... I, I think scary would be the wrong word, although... I mean, most of the kills and stuff are just as graphic as any mm. R-rated horror movie out there.
1: Yeah. The, 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 all the kills in this movie, without exception, would work in a slasher film. If you just, like, changed the music and didn't have the comedy leading up to them. Without the exception of maybe the kid that jumps head first in the wood chipper. I don't know how you'd edit that into a, into a horror
0: film.
1: <laughs> um, you'd have to have somebody push him, I guess. But it's... Uh, I do think, yeah, like, there's the one scene where Dale has, uh, he's knocked out the girl for the second time in the movie, and he's fallen beside her in, like, the shitter hole, and (laughs) the body falls, and it's, like, the other guy is, like, accidentally impales himself, and he's bleeding down on Dale, and you're just like, yeah. Yeah, like, in, in a horror movie, that would be just a genuinely terrifying situation. In this movie, it's hilarious. Hey!
3: Hey college kids (laughs) College kids
1: I do
2: like yeah that he keeps calling them college kids throughout the entire movie. But they're like They're like surrounding the cabin and he has a nail gun and he's just like, Hey college kids so weird Well
3: they
1: don't they don't know their names But they at that point they've made friends with Allie so they could have just asked her. Pastor? Like, what are your friends' names? <laughs> Mind you, I mean, even when they all end up in the cabin together, and she's like, hey, I'm friends with both of you guys. Maybe you guys can learn to get along. They assume she has Stockholm Syndrome,
2: which is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I just, like, this is the first time Amanda had seen it. And she was cracking up during, like, the scene where the girl falls off falls off the rock and hits her head in the... In yeah. the lake or whatever, and they're picking her up, and the other people see her like, Oh my god, look! And it's like, Hey, we got your friend! Like, they're trying <laughs> to be nice, and they're like, They got her, and they're like freaking out.
1: Though no, the term we got your friend can be misinterpreted, it turns out <laughs> tone is everything.
2: <laughs> and then when uh, Tucker's like cutting up wood or whatever, and he saws into a hornet's nest. <laughs> And then he takes <laughs> off running just as the kids are, like, going to try to, like, help what's-her-face escape from the cabin. And he comes charging around the corner with a chainsaw.
3: I I love the homage that he does the the perfect uh, leather face <laughs> chainsaw wave oh, while, while trying to fend off so the well. bees.
1: <laughs> I love it that whole scene is predicated on the notion that he's trying to get the bees with the chainsaw. Like that's why he's swinging that around.
0: <laughs> and none of
1: us questioned it because it's executed so well that you don't need to.
0: It's
1: like, yeah, I could see trying it that way. That might work. You never know.
2: And then uh, as he's chasing, quote unquote, chasing the kid through the woods, it just gets to the point where Tucker ends up passing him. <laughs> and the kid's are just looking at him kind of confused and that's when he gets impaled in like a tree branch that's sticking out
3: <laughs> I, just, I love the imagine- fact that he's really the only one that appears to figure out what's going on he like sees him run past and he's like oh wait oh this isn't what we thought it was and dead
1: <laughs> the thing is there's a sense of realism in that moment when he's running by him and you're just like could you imagine how fucking weird it would be if you thought you were being chased by somebody and then all of a sudden they passed you?
2: <laughs>
1: I can't even imagine what would go on in your head. You'd be like, "The hell!" <laughs>
2: uh, and then uh, uh, the beginning of the movie when they stop at the old uh, gas station or whatever, and Dale's all like, "Oh, kind of that girl's kind of cute. Maybe I should go talk to her." And of course, he walks over with a sigh that. <laughs> because he doesn't think properly and then when they don't respond he just nervous laughs which makes it 20 times worse well He's going uh, <laughs> he going camping
3: he tells them to cuz he says just no matter whatever they say you know smile and laugh so you look like you're relaxed <laughs> 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 you go <going> and camping <laughs>
1: The thing about this movie is the casting of like Tyler Labine and Alan Tudjik as Dale and uh, Tucker, Mm -hmm. genius, like whoever pulled that off, whoever got those guys together and, you know, figured out to put them in this movie, that's where all the credit belongs in this movie because (laughs) those guys, I mean, both of them individually are great at being hilarious, but also creating sort of a sympathetic and likable character and then the way they're able to play off each other in this movie is fascinating it is just they're so good and they're like the whole time like you can completely understand why somebody who saw them and didn't know they were in a movie would be scared of them however you could also just see them as these likable characters everything they do
2: yeah it'd be interesting to see a movie from the point of view of the college kids
1: yeah just like a complete switch or switcheroo of it because like even like in that scene where you're talking about where Dale is standing there, like if you were a normal human being and you were just at a gas station and a big guy like that walked up to you carrying <laughs> like a fucking whatever it is a sickle and he just starts fucking talking to you like that and nervously laughing, yeah, it would creep you the fuck out. And it's completely reasonable that 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 they get scared there. But then if you're, when you're watching it and you know it's him and you were privy to that previous conversation where he's all nervous and he's just laughing to try to act normal, you can totally see it from his perspective where he's like, I don't understand why they're creeped out by this.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is a great on-screen friendship that I would love to see more of. I don't know why there was never a sequel
3: made. Well, this movie, I mean, when no, it came out... Nothing about it kept getting tied up in development because I know they... they Really set forth to make a sequel to it right after it came out because you know it kind of fucking blew up, mm. and they kept like getting directors and losing directors and getting the rights and losing the rights and I don't but I don't know what this it was. this, this movie itself
1: it it got caught up in like development hell and distribution hell at some point because remember it was like people knew about this movie for a long time before it was actually available. And I, I don't mm-hmm. know why that is exactly, but I know like there was just it was one of those things. This seemed to happen a lot in like between like 2000 and like 2010. This seemed to happen mm-hmm. quite often where movies would get made and everybody'd be like, "That's cool, I want to see that." And they'd be like, "Well, we're not going to release it for a while. Yeah. We're going to hold <laughs> it back for a little while." Just you guys the, all talk.
2: Happened to the next movie we're going to talk about too. Yeah,
1: it happened to a lot of movies in that time frame. For some reason, I don't really know why, but.
3: Yeah, so the film was shelved for three years before it was finally released,
1: but it doesn't say why. I mean, I can only assume... Well,
3: you know it's because some asshole said, well, this isn't going to sell. And and they're fucking stupid. Mm-hmm.
1: The th- the thing is, I think like Hollywood suits, for some reason, get it in their head. They're like, well, we don't know how to market this, so let's not bother trying. Which is super fucking weird once you've already put the money into making the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, the movie's made... I don't, I don't understand why the marketing holds it up, but that does happen, and I can totally understand why like normies would not know how to market this film. Like they'd be like, "Okay, is it a comedy or is it a horror film?" Yes. I don't know what to do with that now. I just I, like you know what I mean, and I can completely get that.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess the goal is to get as many people to see it as possible, but
1: you would think well. so.
2: Like if I was, well, I'm just saying, like if I was in charge of whoever, you know, for figuring out how to release this movie, I'd be like, well, the obvious crowd is going to be the horror crowd. So why don't we like invite, have like a press day, invite like Pangoria and Rue Morg and you know, all these billion horror websites or whatever and do a screening and have them do some interviews or whatever and I feel like that covers a lot of ground. That's going to get people in that genre excited to see it with very little, um, very little effort.
1: Yeah. Like I, I don't even think you needed to do interviews and stuff. All you needed was a screening of this movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know how anyone could watch this movie and not understand how much horror fans were going to love it. And it does have a lot of crossover appeal too. like a lot of non horror fans like this
2: movie.
1: Yeah. Um, so i think once it got out there you just have to kind of let that naturally spread Mm -hmm. Uh, but the idea that you would not be sure how to get this to horror fans is like just make people aware of what it is and put it out there Mm -hmm. everyone's good like i I, I, every horror fan i know likes this movie
2: yeah
1: it's it's strange to me but then again like part of the problem with the whole system is you get you know horror fans making a movie that's designed for horror fans and then the guy in charge of releasing it is just you know really good at attending board meetings um, so they don't understand what they have like they don't under- nobody i think in charge of releasing this film understood the genius that they had in their hands or else they would have gotten it out there quicker i mean this film should have even been a theatrical release with proper marketing i think you could have got a, a mainstream audience to buy into this movie so it might not be, you know, a three hundred million dollar box office, but certainly enough to make it profitable.
3: Right. If you can put a shitty, shitty, shitty remake of Friday the Thirteenth in fucking theaters, then this That's can go into crazy. Theaters. Well, but they did put a shitty, shitty remake of Friday the Thirteenth into theaters. Let's not get crazy. Don't you okay, don't, don't you talk about liking that movie, Brian? I enjoy that movie. You son of a bitch. Let's come, <laughs> yeah. let, Look, look. The,
2: watch, the, Nightmare Elm Street, get... the Nightmare on Elm Street remake could suck a bag of dicks, but I like the Let's, Friday the 13th book.
1: Look, I can get us all back on the same page yeah. because I can say this. The same fucking system that resulted in this movie sitting on a shelf, while this movie was sitting on the shelf, the fucking Last House on the Left remake was made for direct to DVD, and people thought that was such a good movie, they couldn't help but put it in that's what was going on at the time that this movie was sitting on the shelf, not getting released. That's how fucked up the system is. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I, mean, I I don't get it. But I mean, if you just, you wouldn't even need to show this movie to critics. All you do is you show them the sequence. There's a, a period of time where about five kills happen all in a row. It starts with the guy's when they come over, you have the kill in the the shithole. The shitter hole. You have the guy jumping headfirst into the wood chipper. Then you have, what's next? I think it's the cop that's next. And then you have the kid that just accidentally shoots himself because he's trying to save everybody with the cop's gun after the cop accidentally kills himself. That's all in like three minutes. And you're just like,
3: the the kid that shoots himself might be my favorite part of the whole fucking movie. (laughs) Because even Tucker and Dill are going, hey, hey, no, no, be careful with it. Bang! <laughs> what is like the,
2: was it fucking Dale's the one telling him how to shoot how he can shoot them like oh I think yeah. you got the safety <laughs> it's <like> the shot. <laughs>
1: he's, he's trying to shoot at them but you to take the safety off it's on the side there <laughs> and Tucker is so annoyed with him after he's like he's just shaking his head at I'm like oh you had to tell him about the safety yeah <laughs> And that's a prime example of the relationship between these two actors on screen. It's just so good.
2: It is very much like a, an Abbott and Costello or Laurel and Hardy sort of relationship. Where one of them's always telling how he can improve his life, and then when he kind of does something stupid, they're like, Damn it, Dale!
3: Yeah, The, di- the dialogue between Tucker and Dale in this movie is fucking perfect. There's not a word yeah, that is not well-written and well-placed and arguably maybe some of the like teenagers dialogue and stuff isn't very good but at the same time they're trying to make them look like dumb teenagers in a horror movie mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's definitely intentional
1: and i mean certainly there's a drop-off in acting when you move from tucker and dale over to the college kids because even uh, what's her name katrina uh, Bowden, or whatever she, yeah like she's good um, not great, but good. She does mm-hmm. a really good job of being like the straight, kind of the straight man to their <laughs> ridiculousness. Um, but then the other kids are not nearly as good. No. And that, I mean, that's fine. I mean, like you, your stars are doing an excellent job. You can't expect the other people to keep
2: up. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I just want to go upstairs and watch this movie again.
1: I know it's it's a hard movie to talk about because you're just like I I don't. How do I tell you that I just want to go watch the movie?
3: Call the cops and tell them what Dale that a bunch of teenagers showed up and just started killing themselves all over our property.
1: Well, that's what happened. Yeah, how was that conversation go? Look, officer, we have had a doozy of a day.
2: The, what fact, I
3: love the fact, fact that the cop movie. shows up and he basically has to do that word for words, pretty fantastic.
1: <laughs> I know. What I love about that, too, is I'm pretty sure the cop believed him. Like, the cop is sitting here going, like, he's telling him, like, if you guys are lucky, this is just involuntarily manslaughter. And then like he just bumps into that post that they've been teasing the whole movie. <laughs> it takes himself out. And I love that the cops walking around with that thing stuck in his head. And then the college kids are all freaking out. And then Tucker's just like, how is he even standing right now? Like this (laughs) (laughs) call out the ridiculousness that way. Nobody in the audience has the right to question it.
2: Uh Uh, Yeah. I could just like, I would love a sequel. I imagine putting them like, okay. So they did the horror movie. I would put them in like an alien movie after that. Sure. Tucker and Dale fight aliens or whatever. It would be amazing.
1: Yeah, like if you if you just took these two guys and had them bounce into like different subgenres. Like here's your slasher movie one, right? Mm-hmm. Killer hillbilly movie, whatever you want to call it, and then so just have them move into one. Have them fight ghosts in one. That'd be amazing.
2: <laughs> oh, they missed out. They could have been the new Medea, but
1: let's not. You don't have to be
2: but, to Hey, those Medea movies make money, at least. I I don't understand it, but they do.
3: My problem is with taking them and throwing them into the other scenarios. I'm not sure how that works with the uh, the formula because or the whole
1: there th- isn't the formula technically. Yeah, there's only been one movie, so.
3: Well, but I'm saying, but like the the entire thing that makes the movie great is basically they took the the horror bad guys and and said, well, no, they're they're not the bad guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you would do like if you brought in ghosts. With Tucker and Dale, now the ghosts are still the bad guys. So now it's just like, once we've we've transitioned it from Tucker and Dale to Abbott and Costello.
1: All right, so what you have to do is you have to have a movie where the ghosts are the good guys, but the teenagers think the ghosts are the bad guys. You establish that setting, and then you do your crossover
2: film. Yeah, Tucker and Dale die by accident, and people think
3: they're bad ghosts, but they're actually... See? Ghosts. Can- they're just confused. That could, that could be funny as shit. Or you just, you like move it to a slightly different genre and you do like a Hills Have Eyes thing where Tucker and Tail have moved out into the desert after their <laughs> traumatic <laughs> experience in the woods.
2: Just move out where no, no teenagers are going to find them.
3: Yeah. And then some random fucking family shows up and starts terrorizing them and
1: eating each other. And <laughs> oh, so here. Here we go. Professionals write this new movie because I'm not sure what we're coming up with here.
2: Well, here we go. So Tucker and Dale, at some point, die in the new in the new ghost movie. So the people think they're bad ghosts, but they're actually good ghosts, and hijinks ensue. The the third movie, Tucker and Dale want to come back to life, so they start possessing people, and then we get an exorcism movie. (laughs) People think they're like demons or whatever. And then uh, somehow in the fourth movie, they're alive again. We just don't even address it. And then, yeah, we we move into the... Or
3: they they could be zombies.
1: Oh,
2: there you go. See? That's that's three more quality movies right there.
1: If they were zombies, they could fight Sean from Shaun of the Dead. Oh, crossover
2: crossover. Tucker and Dale versus Shaun of the Dead. I'd watch it.
1: There you
3: go. I don't know. I don't know how but if they were to get mutated we could have tucker and dale as chuds <laughs> which which just sounds delightful
1: well see so you just keep having them move to different places and eventually they end up in the new york subway system which we know is flooded every night at a certain time with toxic
2: waste so. <laughs> and then they have to fight an alligator in the sewers for some reason that makes sense why why does
1: that wet
3: bandit guy keep coming down here
2: Damn it, Dale, I told you to stop watching those movies.
3: <laughs> <laughs> We're beset by half the cast of Home Alone.
2: <laughs> um all right, so does anybody else have anything to say about Tucker and Dale? I don't know. I don't if, know how awesome it is.
1: If we just want to comment on more awesome things that happen, every time something happens to, to Tucker, he the way he gets super annoyed by it, like when his fingers get cut <laughs> off, and he's just like fucking pissed, and he's like holding up his hand to the fingers, and he just goes and gets a beer and puts it, on <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> Yeah, I was just reading that the uh, the scene where he gets stung in the face and he starts pouring beer over it, yeah. Like apparently that was improvised. Like he was just like, "What if I just pour beer over my face?" <laughs> seems that like something sense. Tucker would do.
1: It seems like as good a solution as any to that situation. I can't. Right. Take it. <laughs> so towards the end of the movie, it does take a bit of a shift towards horror. Basically, mm-hmm. after the after the cabin explodes, and we get the the prime dickhead there. He. He's all burnt up and he becomes the villain. Um, I guess they did a good job of switching over to the horror because I think it did pretty good.
2: Did pretty good. Uh, I mean, that guy's a little cartoony, but I I mean, I think that was kind of the point the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it it suits
1: the movie. Yeah, totally. You wouldn't want to be too serious. Yeah. It's not quite to the level of like, probably the best example of that is uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. That's Mm -hmm. probably the best example of a movie that was comedic throughout and then did the old switch into being a more serious horror film at the end. But mm-hmm. th- that movie was less slapsticky. So it was a little bit less of a transition. I think this movie did it really well though.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's good. And then of course we get the classic uh, damsel in distress, like tied to a log about ready to get chopped up. Yep. by. A...
1: Oh yeah. Stereotypes are in full effect in this
2: movie. Oh so. yeah. It's trope after trope after trope, which is fantastic because then it just basically is just like, isn't this ridiculous? If you look at it from this point of view, but it's still tons of fun.
3: I do love uh, Dale's Dale's outfit at the end whenever he shows up to save the girl, and he's basically just strapped a bunch of random shit to himself as armor. <laughs> he's like, I thought it would look kind of intimidating. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he comes in, she starts screaming, he's like, no, no, it's me, it's me, it's Daya. Takes the welder's mask off.
1: I almost wondered if it was a commando reference, too, the way they did that, like, cutting (laughs) to him, putting all that stuff on. It reminded me so much of uh, John Matrix on the beach there.
2: (laughs) Everything's better with a commando reference.
1: Yeah, I I tend to insert commando where it doesn't need to be inserted. (laughs) that's not just for podcast purposes I need that at work too it's kind of awkward
2: like Doug who is John Ram or John Matrix and why why do you keep writing memos to
1: him (laughs) what are you editing this stuff in your PowerPoint oh that's that's the rocket launcher that John Matrix used
2: (laughs) (sighs) yeah Tucker and Dale I recommend from all three of us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I like how you felt comfortable speaking on behalf of us.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, it's, it, it's nearly perfect movie. Mm. There are a couple of like, um, a couple of gay jokes that already seem to have dated very poorly. Even though this movies less than a decade old, but nah, at the time, those were perfectly acceptable forms. of humor. All
2: right. Uh, so should we move on to cabin in the woods? Hell yeah. <laughs> no, let's not
0: yeah.
2: uh, So okay. Cabin in the Woods uh, Written by Joss Whedon uh, Came out the following year Even though it was shelved for a number, number of years as well
1: Which like, makes no damn sense
2: No well, I think it was like It was uh, It was part of a studio that Went bankrupt and then got bought like the studio's assets got bought by another studio, and I think they were trying to figure out, um, trying to figure out like what they owned and what they're going to release. It just it took a while to kind of figure all that shit out. Yeah, studio politics
1: still dumb. Should have yeah. released straight away. Mm-hmm. I mean, like when you look at it, it's like you know, written by Joss Whedon and. Goddard, and it's got fucking Thor in it and stuff. And you're just like, how does that not get released quickly?
2: Yeah, well, he wasn't Thor when it was made.
1: Did he be- I think he might have become Thor in between when it was made and when it was released. It's pretty close.
2: Uh, Thor came out the same year as really? uh, this movie, so yeah.
1: Well, you can tell this movie's a bit earlier because he's a little smaller. He's yeah. <laughs> than he is. in
2: as Thor. Uh, um, all right. So uh it starts out a group of kids going in an RV to supposedly someone's cousin's cabin. Uh you get sort of your collection, you know, a couple girls, a couple guys, and then of course Marty the stoner shows up driving his car with his giant the ball. most
3: the most stereotypical stereotypes of all time.
2: Yes. Uh, But they do try to change it up a little bit so that when later the stereotypes go full effect, they can point out, like, well, this doesn't make any sense because of blah, blah, blah. Um, So they go. Of course, they stop by the creepy gas station. Uh, This guy known as the Harbinger tells them not to go, but of course they do. Uh, They show up at the cabin. The cabin is very much modeled after Evil Dead. I mean, it pretty much looks... Exactly like the Evil Dead cabin from the front. Um, get inside, start drinking, start doing all that kind of stuff. And uh, we find out from the beginning of the movie that there's a underground organization that is sort of in charge of making sure these kids go to this cabin and some bad stuff happens to them. Um, as the, the movie goes on, we find out that they're actually being sacrificed sort of uh, old world style, but sort of with a modern twist where they come up with these very elaborate ways uh, for these people to die. Um, To the point they even load up this cabin with all these artifacts and essentially make them choose which monster is going to come after them to kill them. Uh, Somebody picks up somebody's journal, and of course it's the redneck zombie torture family that comes to life. And they start getting picked off one by one as trope after trope reveals itself on screen. And then at the end, turns out Marty the Stoner is about the only one who is unaffected by different uh, chemicals and stuff that they doused all these kids with because he smokes a bunch of weed and they didn't find his weed stash enough to lace it properly. So he ends up becoming our big hero throughout most of the movie.
3: Well, I think the excuse they give at one point is they basically say that his pot is so strong (laughs) that it's overriding the other drugs that they put into his pot.
1: (laughs) What you call an excuse, I call a reasonable explanation.
2: Uh, So we find that Marty and the final girl descend into this... uh, weird underground corporation lair where we find that they house a shit ton of monsters. Some of them are very much uh, parodies of very famous monsters. And uh, they're like, fuck this. And so they release them all to a pretty much fantastic scene of just monsters running amok throughout this corporation killing people. Yep. And It all culminates into finding out sort of what the reasoning behind all this is, why it's being done, and sort of what happens if they don't complete it.
3: And a random ass cameo by Sigourney Weaver.
2: Not random at all. Well, yeah.
3: What I read, they originally wanted Jamie
1: Lee Curtis to play that. Makes sense.
2: It makes sense, but According for whatever to- reason it
1: happened. happen according to the making of documentary that I watched when I couldn't sleep the night after I watched the movie Mm -hmm. uh, they had intended that role to be a male and when they decided to switch it to a female they only ever approached Sigourney Weaver to play it.
2: Oh. So So that would be wrong. IMDB says Jamie Lee Curtis was considered for the role of the director. It ultimately went to Weaver.
1: I mean that contradicts what they say Yeah. bonus features
2: of the dvd yeah i go with the bonus features uh, yeah maybe it was but, like i mean off. to
1: me sorry
2: but, no i was just saying maybe it was just some offhand comment it's like we should see if jamie lee curtis wants to play it and then i just never asked her and went with sigourney weaver instead it's probably yeah. some weird random thing that doesn't even constitute for the fact that she was considered for the role
3: you know how it goes i think this movie's biggest flaw lack oh. of bruce campbell
1: that's what, sure. Yeah, Bruce Campbell would help. Sure, I mean, but, right. I mean, that's I, I much don't know where flaw. you'd to commend them.
3: That's pretty much a flaw oh, in every movie. I would have put him in as one of the random monsters, just him in fairly heavy makeup, but you could still recognize him. Oh no, maybe no. maybe a, like uh, Deadite.
2: makeup. I got a better. He could have been the harbinger at the,
3: at the gas station. Oh yeah, that would have been pretty fucking. Where cool.
2: he's wearing the blue shirt, telling them that they shouldn't go.
1: Yeah could have even had his arm in like some kind of a sling to kind of imply that he was missing a hand, but not quite. Yeah. Like I don't recommend you spend a lot of time alone at a cabin in the woods.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So I absolutely love this movie. It just has fucking everything. Like I say, the tropes uh, are definitely, definitely up on the screen and they have a shit ton of fun with them. And the movie is really smart in sort of breaking down the horror movie in general yeah, and then explaining why all these tropes exist and sort of just having fun with it and turning it all on set.
1: Yeah. I I absolutely love the idea that everything that's happening in a, it's everything is happening exactly like in a traditional horror movie, but then there's Mm -hmm. this behind the scenes group controlling it to make sure that that happens. (laughs) I fucking think that's fantastic.
2: Yeah, Bradley Whitford, and then uh, I don't know that dude's name—the old guy, the the dad from Step Brothers.
1: Yeah, um, Richard Jenkins is his yes,
2: name. Yes, Richard Jenkins.
1: And those guys are like we talked about the chemistry in the last movie. Mm-hmm. Those guys are amazing in this movie. They're—I mean—they're—they're I mean, they're, they're literally the Statler and Waldorf for the film for a lot of the time. They're just <laughs> sitting back commentating on what else is going on, and I fucking love it. Uh, they're both of them are perfect because they're both fully able to be like hardcore comedy guys mm-hmm. but do the kind of like the switch over to make it everything seem a little more serious when they need the movie to have some tension yeah Like there's the one scene where one of them has to like run and like fix something to get the uh the explosion to happen to keep the kids from leaving and it's really weird because in that moment you're like actually like nervous for him and like come on get there you gotta fix that before they escape and you're like wait a minute I think we're supposed to be cheering for the other guys
3: (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: did you
1: see
3: it he had the freaking conch in his hand
1: I'm never gonna get to see a merman (laughs) when he he pats him on the shoulder and he's like it's like you can tell that every year he wants to see the merman and he never gets to and everybody just kind of feels bad for him
3: <laughs> now well, I I would say so 75% of this movie is great and then oh. the last 25 no is fucking okay. awesome. Okay. Well, right. Okay, we <laughs> about about the time that they get into the the weird uh cube-esque elevator. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I'm assuming that was on purpose that it was probably I think so. Yeah. But from from that moment until the end of the movie is just the best. Like just. it's 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 like I I can't even fucking describe it. It is it is as close to horror movie like porn as something gets, and not porn in like yeah. the sexual way, but in the just it's it's all just fan
1: service, you know what I mean? It's all just there for people like oh, me yeah. to go I don't know how many times I've paused this movie on like some of those shots and tried to figure out what everything is and every now and again there's a couple that I like I'm not really 100% sure what that is and it bugs the shit out of me that I don't know
2: <laughs> yeah, sometimes there's times where people are over and they're like I don't want to watch the movie but can we just pull up the scene where everybody everything goes nuts and I'm just like oh
3: yeah sure <laughs> we just watch from like that point forward it's just. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, some of them are deep cuts. Like, I do believe you see one of the worms from Deep Rising. And that's. Possible. Like, yeah. sweet, sweet fuck.
1: Like. <laughs> in, in the interest of fairness, no, you don't. You see a worm that happens to look like one of those <laughs> worms. Because <laughs> they bought the rights to nothing. That Cenobite with the True. circular. <laughs> with oh, the, yeah cube the cylinder instead of the cube or whatever it is and you're just like okay i see what you're doing here
2: (laughs) but then just the tons of monsters that are just made up too like the fucking ballerina with the teeth face and yep the fucking uh was it like the the people with the porcelain masks that are essentially supposed to be i guess represent sort of like the home invasion
1: I guess they're so
2: scenario because they just go in and set people on fire, like with gas stuff in one of the offices.
1: Yeah, good for them. Uh, <laughs> so good. And the monsters all look great for a relatively low budget movie. I
2: don't have the yeah.
1: budget in front of me. But you know, for a movie that was, you know, not a hundred million dollar movie, they made all those monsters look
2: good. Yeah. They made the werewolf looks look good. Which yeah. is
1: Is
3: it just weird, does it look a lot like the werewolf from uh, Bad Moon?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty close. But I mean, they they do a good job of not showing it enough, so you don't maybe see the flaws in it, which is awesome. Especially towards the end when... uh, What's her name? I don't even remember her name. The redhead is going to shoot Marty to save the entire world. And then the werewolf is just slowly sneaking up behind her. And you just see his face over her
3: shoulder. I'm just like, oh my god, this looks so awesome. Once again, movie should have had a sequel.
2: But how? The world was destroyed.
0: Oh my god.
3: No, that sequel should be like a post-apocalyptic Mad Max-esque world with a few survivors happening to live in a world that literally everything from horror movies has come to life and (laughs) just (laughs) devastating and murdering everything. And yes, there would be giant titan gods walking around, but they can be way off in the background. We don't need them. (laughs) I was going to say
2: something. I completely forgot what it was. I don't know.
1: Who, who has a favorite death from the movie?
2: Um, only because of the comedic part of it when uh, they're in the elevator and uh, uh, that guard comes in with like his gun drawn. He's like, ah, yeah. you know, put your hands up. But then the zombie arm grabs him so he looks all distracted and then he, <laughs> he just beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> And then he's leaving. He's like, "Good job, zombie arm." As they leave, and they the <laughs> arm slowly crawling up onto that dude's face.
1: The the performance there from uh, from Marty is really good. I really like when they first find him. They find out he's still alive, and mm-hmm. she gets down to the elevator with him. And he like the zombies, like all packed up in the corner. He's like, "Oh yeah, I did disembowel like out with the trowel." Yeah, and then yeah. they just move on. <laughs>
3: dismember i had to dismember that
1: <laughs>
3: <sighs>
1: oh, yeah. it was just perfect it's just like oh yeah.
2: yeah yeah so they set up that like actually like chris helmsworth is going for like what was it, a sociology degree or something
0: yeah yeah so essentially
2: yeah, he's he's actually pretty smart and then uh he invites his friend who i don't know i mean they never insinuate that he's smart but they never insinuate that he's like super douchey jock guy either but then they get to the cabin and they start (laughs) releasing like all these like chemicals or whatever yeah or or is it in the beer i don't remember either way they essentially yeah yeah, they essentially make it so chris hemsworth turns into the super douchey like jock bro guy yeah and then his friend turns like is suddenly wearing glasses and like (laughs) being like super brainy and stuff and everybody's just like why is everybody acting this way?
0: Well, they yeah, they're
1: like, that, he's on
3: a full ride scholarship. He
1: gets better <laughs> grades than me. <laughs> they imply that the, the sluttier of the girls too was like normal until recently. And I think there's a lot of dialogue that they say they put it in her blonde hair dye. Yeah. So that when, she, when she decided to dye her hair blonde, she just naturally became sluttier, which is hilarious. <laughs> Cause they do. It's such a good, like, obviously we know if we're watching a horror movie that they, blonde girl would be the slutty one. We all know that that's the case. (laughs) So it's just like now we have a detailed explanation for it.
2: Uh something else I love oh go ahead.
3: Oh, I was gonna say I love that scene too where they're both sitting there and they're like, okay, show us the boobies.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she doesn't want to sleep with them and then and then she's like, oh it's too dark and then they're in there with the control room like Bump up the moonlight, (laughs) the pheromones, which comes out of the ground as like a mist covering the ground.
1: It's so funny.
2: I do like uh, in the background of this movie, there's like a bunch of other movies going on, which we unfortunately never get to see. Uh, So there's like a Japanese movie with all these schoolgirls like getting (laughs) harassed by like a Japanese ghost or demon or
1: something. Yeah, it's a typical J horror ghost movie going yeah. on,
2: and then they defeat it with the power of friendship or some weird <laughs> yeah. thing that turns <laughs> it into
3: a
1: frog. I fucking, fucking love that. that its
3: days and the Happy Frog. <laughs>
1: I love that moment where all the little girls are just singing in their school girl uniforms, and like the fucking <laughs> ghost is getting turned into a frog, and they're all getting pissed off about it. Like, God damn it, Japan, you dropped the ball.
2: <laughs> Richard Jenkins is looking at it like right up his nose, right up next to the monitor. He's like. Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck
1: you! <laughs> He's talking <laughs> to like these little like six-year-old Japanese girls.
2: Uh, we get uh, <laughs> we get a shot of a helicopter flying what by what looks like a snowed-in like outpost, which of course is a thing yeah. reference. Uh, yeah, like that, where it's
3: where it's flipping through all the different countries. Yeah, and it looks like there's like a German cannibal movie going on and uh, yep. a few other ones. Yeah.
2: And then, of course, it's down to the u s and of course, that gets all fucked up, yeah, and then, of course they're taking bets on on who what what they're gonna end up picking like down in the basement <laughs>
1: this giant whiteboard
2: with like all this shit listed, and one of them's like horny tree or something
1: like that. <laughs> I love the uh how they're out there all make fun of the fucking uh the maintenance team for pooling their money and betting on the same thing every year <laughs> then they win uh, it's
3: so good i I do like the fact that they're uh they even make a crack about the minutiae of uh horror genres where the ones like hey I had zombies too and they're like ah you had zombies this is zombie <laughs> murder torture redneck family <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: They are a different thing. But clearly different. yet you refers to them as a different species, which is hilarious to me as well.
2: Uh, one of the things on the whiteboard is just named Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I want to know what Kevin is. Like, what?
1: That's the thing. is like I want to see a whole bunch of different versions of this movie where all those different things happen
2: oh my god, a choose oh. your own adventure version of this movie
1: they could make prequels infinite prequels
3: oh, they
2: could, that's a good idea
1: Oh, uh, prequels and side stories from all those other countries Like,
3: mm. I mean, you kind of already know how they end but you don't know if the final girl survives or not, so pretty much you're going into it with the same knowledge as any horror movie <laughs>
2: that's true <Yeah>. ugh <laughs> uh. Yeah, I would totally watch it. Somebody needs to buy up the rights.
1: You just got to sign like uh, Woodford and Jenkins to like a ten-picture deal because those guys have to be in it. You got to de-age them. Get that Marvel technology going. Right? <laughs>
3: what if, what if they announced the next one and the next one was called Cabin in the Woods Two, Kevin? Oh, that's it. <laughs> Sold.
2: I, I would. Just,
1: buy, I'm, I'm buying ten I'm taking, tickets already. Yeah, take my. Fourteen ninety nine 99 and mail it directly to the studio now. Just be like, here you go. I'll get the popcorn on my own once I'm at the theater.
2: <laughs> uh, so according to IMDb, the thermal coffee mug bong was a fully functional mug and bong as portrayed in the film. Uh, but the prototype cost $5,000 to make. <laughs> <laughs> Why would it cost $5,000? <laughs> I don't know.
1: Because it could be actually to functional. <laughs> do people make functional bongs out of like apples and shit every day <laughs>
2: <laughs> you could have just got a stoner and made it for 20 bucks <laughs>
1: just got a stoner and just make it for you can keep what you make <laughs> give it back to us so we can make a movie with it and then you can have it oh good lord allegedly uh, by the way on the bongs making it <laughs> allegedly I know you guys are recording in the States. I don't want you guys to accidentally express knowledge of such matters.
3: Uh, flash Flashback, another uh, favorite part of the movie. So when the elevators open and, of course, the all the guards get wiped out and the blood's being hosed on that window like a super soaker, that's really cool. But the best thing is when the backup shows up, and like, there's all this blood everywhere, and they're like, What the hell happened here? And you just hear ding, and the elevator's <laughs> open again. <laughs>
2: <sighs> so good.
1: Just, yeah, this movie's just, it really nails it. It really does everything just
2: right. Uh, Does anybody have a favorite monster?
1: I really look, like the look of that Cenobite. <sighs>
2: that was pretty cool looking.
1: And he just he the actor did it really well too, where he played it with just that intimidating stare at the camera the whole time and just that calmness to him uh, like <laughs> he could have been out of a good Hellraiser movie, not one of the other nine
3: uh, yeah uh, uh the merman, but only <laughs> only after the fact that you find out that basically the merman like sucks your
1: blood like a vampire blows it out of his blue hole, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I didn't love the look of the merman but I loved the concept of the merman and I loved the joke Like, even though it's a joke that you can see coming like the first time I saw this movie I knew the merman was going to show up <laughs> I knew exactly how it was going to play out didn't care, <laughs> still awesome uh,
2: So according to IMDB the scene of the merman feeding on him uh, had to be done in one take <laughs> because they knew as soon as like that blood went everywhere they would never be able to clean it up so Ew. they're like, we got one shot at this. Um, favorite monster? It's hard. It is hard. Because I kind of enjoy whatever the robot one is. Just because that reminds me of Chopping Mall, even though this is a way more sophisticated robot than the Chopping Mall robots.
1: Well, because this one hasn't been struck by lightning yet. That's true. That's very true. How much would it have been great to have a killbot in this movie? That would have been fantastic.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Come again.
1: <laughs>
2: well, anything else? Uh,
3: Cabin on the Woods. Awesome. Like a- <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's a hard movie to discuss because it's just so good, and it's one of those ones like, like so. When I watched it, I watched it with like myself. Uh, a normie and a 10 year old who's a growing horror fan and we all enjoyed it oh, like, I'm not sure if I should have been showing it to a 10 year old or not but I did and it's like I think to her it was just a scary movie Like, she doesn't get all the jokes necessarily because she doesn't understand the tropes but it worked on that level for somebody who's less sophisticated at, when it comes to watching these types of movies so I think that that's kind of a miracle to make it work on those different levels at the same time very few movies do. Mm-hmm. So we talked about the perfect blending of, um, of comedy and horror with Tucker and Dale, and I think this movie might even be better at blending the comedy and horror. I think it actually works on both levels individually. Yeah.
3: Would you guys like me to uh, read off the list of the whiteboard that I just found? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yes. All right. Alien Beast. Uh, okay angry, molesting tree. There we go. The bride, clowns, deadites, Uh, demons, dismemberment goblins. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Uh,
1: So now I'm trying to figure out what all these look like. (laughs) Right.
3: The doctors, Uh, dolls, the dragon bat, which I'm assuming is the big bat they mm. fight in the hallway. Uh giant, giant snake. Uh, Hell Lord, which I'm assuming Hell Lord is the uh, Cenobite. That makes sense. The Huron—that's a type of bird. I don't think we ever get to see that, but I would <laughs> like to know because it says the R and D department places their bet on that monster. <laughs> Uh, it It's
2: like a giant Rodan-like type of bird, probably.
3: Right. Be, uh, let's oh, see. no, yeah, they, the yeah. two-headed uh, rock bird that you see, that's probably it. Uh, Jack-o'-lantern, hey. Kevin, uh, Merman, Mummy, Mutants, uh, The Reanimated, <laughs> <laughs> Rep- Reptilis, which I'm assuming is a Reptilicus reference. Sasquatch slash Wendigo slash Yeti.
1: I love the idea of the slashes. Like, yeah, it turns out those are all the same thing,
3: right? Uh, scarecrow, folk. We see those in the movie. Uh, sexy witches. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! There's a Jack Frost reference. Snowman. <laughs> the Sugar Plum Fairy. The twins the Unicorn, uh, vampires, werewolves, witches, different than sexy witches, (laughs) Rape, zombie redneck torture family, and zombies. And then there's also a list of things that you see in the movie that were clearly not on the (laughs) whiteboard. In which, holy shit, that's a long list. We can't go through that. (laughs) Uh,
1: I think is, like you didn't say any that I don't want to watch the movie I, I want to watch the one where it's the unicorn just killing people I, I, the unicorn got one good kill in the movie and I'd like to see it do that ten more times
3: if somebody told me that there was a movie showing at a theater five hours away from me right now that was called the Dismemberment Goblins <laughs> I am I am sick, and I would put on an adult diaper, and I would drive <laughs> to go see Dismemberment Goblins. Uh.
1: I would plan my trip more wisely and stop to use the washroom along the way.
3: Uh. No time. Hmm.
1: <laughs> no, no, we don't. You understand the movie doesn't start when you get there. It starts at the start time. So,
3: Just why there's no time.
1: Gotta get there now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh what the fuck is that? I want to see the twins too. Like it's gotta be creepy as shit.
1: I assume that's a shining reference.
2: Probably. So I don't
1: but I don't remember seeing twins in the movie. Now it's plausible that I missed them, it's surrounded by the blood and guts and monsters and Cenobites <laughs> and flying dragon looking things. Like maybe there was a pair of twins somewhere in there that I just missed.
2: What I'm disappointed with looking, because I found this whiteboard as well, is none of the departments put any bets on the Sasquatch slash
1: Wendigo slash Yeti. That's upsetting. No. Ah. But, I mean, it is is—it is just pure luck, so it's not like... <laughs> I know. <laughs> like it's literally like, if that guy had blown in that conch before she read from that book, then there would have been a merman.
2: But it's I'm just th- saying, nobody had faith that they wanted to see a Sasquatch kill all these
1: people. It looks like
3: nobody bet on uh, Kevin either.
1: Which is bullshit. Especially since we know, like, maintenance and the intern bet on the same thing. Mm. So you're splitting the pot. You should have taken a chance. Bunch of jerks. I mean, not (laughs) knowing what we know now, but... (laughs) It is a great little moment when the... uh, when they announced that they're in turn one, and he's way in the background, and he's just like, "Yeah!"
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! There's another list on here of monsters that are also mentioned in the novelization version, <laughs> and it adds <actually laughs> <has> thirty more. <laughs> I didn't know
1: there was a novelization of this.
2: We need to find this and read it. I'm sure it's pretty
1: fantastic. I don't know if a lot of this would translate to book format, but I'd be willing to give it a shot.
2: Interesting that they found a way to take to the how it's playing up the movie tropes and make it play up like the horror novel tropes.
1: <sighs> Ooh, it's only oh, there's,
3: there's pictures to go along with this list down at the bottom. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we're gonna have to include a link to that because yeah. people are gonna be like, There's a lot of silence in this yeah. week's episode. Yeah, we got distracted. <laughs> it's the problem when everybody likes the movies, is we just sit here and gush over them for a while. It's very difficult to do critical analysis of something this good because you're like, What's the flaw in this movie?
2: Uh there isn't one. That's the flaw. Oh.
1: But, and the, the thing about this movie is like even when something sounds cheesy it ends up making a lot of sense because like, like the speech that the Chris Helmsworth character gives before he dies sounds so douchebaggy but when you realize that that's because they turned him into a douchebag using chemicals specifically so he'd be the kind of asshole that gives that sort of speech you're like, oh yeah, that really makes a lot of sense <laughs> I love that death I love that moment He's like gonna hero it up and jump to safety and it just hits that barrier
2: (laughs) so it's it's the barrier and then tumbles along the barrier the entire
1: way down (laughs) every time he bumps it and it lights up a bit I'm like yeah
0: thanks for calling the midnight drive-in no one is here to take your call for more info check out the midnight drive-in on twitter at mndriveinpod or find us on facebook if you want to email us send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling.
2: Um, right, anybody watch anything this week?
0: Uh, I
3: actually watched a few things today. Oh, Last minute jump? Oh yeah, I was at home sick, so I actually had some uh, movie-watching time. Uh, and they're all three about Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, good lord.
1: That's awesome, because now he's not going to make us do that stupid Dungeons & Dragons month you wanted us to do. None of
3: these three are on that list. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, but I watched uh, The Dungeon Masters, which is a documentary that follows three people who run games at Gen Con that's supposed to be about Dungeon Masters but instead seems to be a movie that pretty much just almost follows them and is like, look at how sad their lives are. Oh yeah, and they play yeah. D&D. But
1: that, that was that sounds, movie. Sounds Yeah, sounds right.
2: That was that movie Monster Camp too. Did you ever see that?
3: I did not. It's about LARPers. Ah. Yeah. yeah, so it was, uh, it's not a badly made documentary or anything, but I find it weird. I just don't, I don't get what the fuck they were trying to do, because it almost feels like they took this movie and they tried to find, like, three people whose lives were all fucked up, and and then go, oh yeah, look at these nerds, look at how fucked up their lives are, which is weird. Mm-hmm it's it seemed it seemed to take a very negative view of these three people and one it one of them at least seems like he didn't deserve that kind of shit he just seems like a dorky dude that all he wanted to do was be like a creator and he's just not that talented you know what i mean <laughs> but so so there was that uh not a very big recommend i don't know it doesn't it doesn't actually fucking talk about the game very much all it does is once again it's it's just a really intimate view of the problems of these people's lives which that there's something just fucking wrong about that i don't know that's it's nobody's fucking business yeah but, and then after that, I finally got around to watching uh, Darkest Dungeon, uh, which I, I've i been meaning to watch for a long, long time, which is based off of the uh, Jack Chick tracks about D&D, and I don't, I'm trying to figure out if this movie was made as, as, like, a serious thing, where they were like, let's actually make these Jack Chick tracks into a movie, or if it was tongue-in-cheek and they were making fun of Jack Chick tracks, because either way, it's equally funny. Just, I mean, like the the idea that you know, at the beginning, they're like, "Oh, watch out for that group. That's the RPGers. (laughs) They go and they RPG on the weekends. (laughs) Don't be tempted by them because they're so popular."
2: (laughs) I don't know if they realized who they were talking about.
3: Oh my god, it's it's amazing. Like. They go to this like crazy nightclub where you know, of course, it's like a college party where there's like dubstep and they're all drinking and stuff. And then all of a sudden, like this guy stands up and he's like, "Everyone, be quiet. This isn't why we're here. It's time to RPG." <laughs> <laughs> they like set up a table in the middle of the room, and oh my god, it's it's really, really, really funny, and I highly recommend it to everyone because it's. It's just ridiculous. And like the whole movie is about the fact that if they could just corrupt one more person with uh, Dungeons and Dragons, that basically Cthulhu is going to rise and destroy the world. <laughs> and it's, it's fucking fabulous. Down to the weird, there's a bunch of weird gay jokes between uh, the two main characters, which are both women. And they're not gay jokes as in haha, they're making fun of gay people. But they're supposed to be these two uber christian girls and one of them is clearly a lesbian and super into the other one and just can't say anything about it because <laughs> like at one point she's like yeah the only thing else to do would be us both to go home and just you know be in our dorm room alone all night together And what kind of fun could we have then And the other one's like ha, 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 yeah what kind <laughs> <laughs> so i recommend it's on uh uh, Prime right now for free, so you can go check it out. And then, uh... What was the third thing I fucking watched? I can't even fucking remember what it was. I know I watched three. Come on, brain. Oh, I lied to you guys, because one of them is on the list. Uh, Darkness Rising. The second <laughs> movie in the Gamers series. Which is still fucking hilarious. It's a really, really funny. It follows the, uh... A game being run by a guy who's trying to run an original module that he can't ever get through because his, his friends that are playing are kind of fuckwits and keep fucking his game up. And it follows all the usual tropes of there's the guy playing the bard that's basically just trying to fuck his way through the entire game and uh, the guy who insists on playing OP characters and then of course there's the girl who comes and they make her a character and they're trying to tell her what to play but she ends up making her own character completely different from what they want and it ends up being fucking awesome because she actually bothered to read the rule book and figure out what the best way to do it is but it's awesome if you like nerd stuff watch it it's funny it's it's in my D&D month so you guys will get to see it eventually
1: we're not you're doing a D&D crazy. month. It's just not fucking happening. We're
3: doing a whole D&D month,
1: Doug. We're not doing a D&D it's month. It's a whole <laughs>
0: month of D&D. Doug,
1: I'm sick gonna,
2: of <laughs> Doug's going to be sick that month. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> uh, I thought we were doing a thing where we were nice to each other when we picked the fucking movies.
3: <laughs> that is me being nice. Just because you will learn to love it Like a fine wine yeah. First you're going to be like I don't like this grape flavored beer But then you'll figure it out You'll be on board
1: well, I don't think I will be
3: There's a Peter Dinklage movie in there It's, it's got the
1: Dinklage in it yeah. Everybody had mistakes in their past
2: <laughs> It's a Joe Lynch movie too
1: yeah. And was, when we're talking
3: about things that got stuck in development hell, that movie well, uh, fucking it off. It took a, a long time to come out. And it big, got re-
2: Big Story about that,
3: yeah. Yeah, they basically like reshot the whole fucking movie three times.
2: Uh, they took it away from Joe Lynch too. So it's not Joe Lynch Well, it is I mean, shot it. And then the producer basically ran off with it, and then made a really shitty edit just so he could finally sell it.
3: Yep. So that's all I watched. They're awesome. That's it. That that and uh, I've been working my way through Arrested Development, and I've almost. almost got through all of it.
2: Almost in time for the new season
3: to start up. I know. I never watched it because I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, uh, what's what's this Scott Pilgrim that asshole? Michael Sarah, Michael Sarah. Thank you. He just, uh, he's terrible. I don't, under, I don't, I don't, I don't understand why they put him in things. He's, he's a bad actor, he's very bad. <laughs> but Maybe. I never realized all the other people that were in it because they're all really funny. Got yep. Mallory Archer and, uh, Jason Bateman Jason Bateman (laughs) there's an awful lot of incest jokes incest jokes and jokes about fucking old people it's like 75% of the show
1: point (laughs) (laughs) yes yes it is
2: what'd you watch Doug
1: Um, let's see First thing, for some reason, I got very interested in Norwegian death metal this week. Sure. So after listening to several podcasts about it, I watched the movie Lords of Chaos, mm-hmm. which is nice. the semi-true story about uh, how shit Norway got way out of control because kids listened to some heavy metal music, uh, which I think is actually a pretty accurate telling based on what else I learned this week unless everything else I learned this week is based on the same source material as this movie which is plausible but uh, yeah I mean the the story is basically about these kids who get into death metal and start taking it way too seriously and by the end of it there's like 40 churches that have been burned down and like 3 people that are dead which is probably way too serious to take your music. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think the movie does a really good job of capturing um, the downward spiral that happens. Basically, it starts out as just a bunch of kids playing heavy metal music and partying and maybe doing some kind of like normal, dumb young kid shit. And then when this new guy kind of joins the group who takes everything way more serious. He sort of drags them all into this weird path of like acting like all the shit they're saying is real and that you know they're not just fucking uh, you know they're not just goofing around that they're actually supposed to be like fighting for some sort of a weird cause um, i think they do a good job of showing that and one of the things that the movie does really well is it has i almost want to say a little bit of a lighthearted tone but then when the serious shit happens it goes full serious and so there is. Uh, at one point, there's a suicide that happens on screen, and it's a several minutes long scene that is very difficult to watch of this like 18 year old kid just cutting himself. Um, and I think Ooh. it's it's hard to watch, and it like it it ought to be, and it's from what I can tell, it's it's what happened, um, and it. But it does, it cuts from, like, party scenes to that pretty quickly um, to kind of give you an idea of, like, yeah, this is what happens when you, like, when your friends are encouraging you to be depressed instead of discouraging your depression and trying to help, um, you know. So it, it, I think it, it actually captures the impression I have of what went on. It captures it pretty good. Um, so I'd recommend people watch it if you're interested in that kind of stuff. It
3: doesn't... Some- Some of the reviews I've read for it have been odd. Like, uh, uh, what's his name? Yorgy. He's from a metal band. I can't remember which one. But he was like, you know, oh, well, you know, so sure, the movie's factually accurate, but, you know, it's fictionalized but he keeps like circling back while they're talking to him and they're like, yeah, but all this stuff happened. Right. And he's like, oh, well, yeah, yeah. all all of it's true. I mean, it's, you know, everything that happened is true, but it, but it's, but you know, they made stuff up and they're like, okay, well, which parts did they make up? And he's like, well, you know, it's true. (laughs) Yeah. Where, where they're like having this real, uh, cognitive dissidence of not wanting to admit that that's that it was just a bunch of fucking people being fucking stupid
1: you cuz know? yeah. cuz it really is and it's not like like I, th- I don't think anybody in the story like the story takes place over the course of several years i don't think any of the characters hit the age of like 25 so you're like you're kind of supposed to be dumb when you're 19 in a metalhead like it's okay to be dumb it's just it when the when the serious results started coming from it when there were actually churches being burned down you're like oh shit like that's not okay (laughs) like it's um so it's and that's what like when i say they go from like that lighthearted tone to the darker moments i think that that's what they're trying to portray is because it's so weird too and like the one guy you can never quite get a grasp on him like he's always he's sort of the leader of this little And he runs like a record store where they all like some of them like live in it and they all like (laughs) hang out in the basement and party and stuff. And it's like you never can quite put your finger on is he is he just like completely fucked up or is he just an opportunist or is he just trying to have fun or is it some combination of all three? Like when that first kid kills himself, he goes out and buys a camera and takes pictures before he calls the cops or anything like that's his instinct is to document this so that he can have those pictures for later for marketing purposes and it's like that's fucked up but is it fucked up in a way where you're like you're fascinated with death or is it fucked up in a way where you're fascinated with marketing your band so much that you're just gonna like take pictures of your dead friend i I don't know which one it is exactly and i don't think anybody does including like he's one of the people that ends up dead by the end of the movie spoiler alert so it's uh you nobody ever will to figure out what was going on in his head during all this, but you kind of get the impression that like he he ends up being the guy that's like this was supposed to be fun and it's he accidentally got other people to take it way too seriously. So it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I mean I'd recommend the movie if like I say if you're curious about that sort of thing. Um, and if if yeah if you have curiosity about it like. So there's podcasts and books about it and stuff Whatever you're, however you like to learn about things, I'd, I'd look into it because it's kind of a fascinating story I mean, not fascinating in necessarily a good way mm-hmm. um, only other thing I watched was for some reason that I'm still not sure, I decided I'd sit down for like three straight hours and watch the entire run of Afterlife which is the new Ricky Gervais Netflix thing and I don't know. Maybe I liked it, or maybe I didn't. I'm honestly not sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Still don't know.
1: Still don't know. It's so. The concept is. Would you
3: have liked it if it wasn't Ricky Gervais doing
1: it? I don't. Well, it, it couldn't not be Ricky Gervais. He's like the writer, director, and star. And he. One of the things that I found weird about it is that he does stick some of his own typical stuff into it. So like the concept is about this um, this guy and his wife has died and he's just depressed and he's going to kill himself, but he doesn't because he then there'd be nobody to take care of his dog. So instead he's just decided fuck it, I'll just live, but since I have nothing to live for, I can just be however much of an asshole I feel like being. And in the beginning there's like some funny things where he's just being this super huge asshole and that's where the humor comes from. Um, but overall it tends to take a much more serious tone to it um like i say it's it's ricky gervais he's not a great actor he does a pretty good job doing some of the emotional stuff but he is essentially playing himself uh i thought that there. uh so the idea of course like you can predict he's goes from like wanting to kill himself at the beginning and he cheers up at the end and you know, finds out there is stuff to live for like surprise surprise everyone knows that's where it's headed right I don't think that arc is handled necessarily great i think that it's sort of just as an immediate turn towards the end like oh shit, we're getting at the end of the runtime of this we better we better have him uh cheer up a little bit which is kind of a, a missed thing but overall i don't know again i still don't know if i liked it or not <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's a very humorous truth that right? he works for like a small local paper and so like Every, I think it's every episode or so he has to like go out and interview somebody that is for the most of them they don't play a major part in the story it's just some wacky person he has to interview and I find most of those to be pretty funny um, but then you get back to the more serious stuff and like I say it's pretty predictable it kind of hits all the tropes but then again I sat and watched it start to finish in one night so I must have enjoyed it enough to do that couldn't have been that bad. I have no idea what my review of this is. You guys asked what did I watch? I have no idea if I can if I recommend people watch it or not, but I don't know. It's on Netflix, it's free.
2: It's like I watched it. That's my review.
1: It's my review. I don't I don't know. Like I say, Ricky Gervais is a better actor than I expected him to be. But then again, he just plays himself, so I'm not sure how much of an accomplishment that is. I did find it weird that he edited like his you know how he's big on like atheism. Uh, if you know that or not but he is and he edits in some of the arguments that he's made publicly about that in the past into this character saying them and I'm like well that's weird like it doesn't seem necessarily relevant to the plot like we're just just gonna throw this weird anti religion message in here because you want to <laughs> but okay I'm sure why not yeah so I don't know if you want to watch it watch it if you don't don't that's my advice with regards to that.
2: <laughs> a controversial stance from Doug.
1: Yeah. And really, that's all I watched this week, so...
2: It's going to be a short episode.
1: Yeah. I mean, I also tried to watch a movie called uh, Shimmer Lake, because I thought it was going to be a nice, like, lighthearted thing that I could have on in the background, but it turns out to be one of those movies that's told in like reverse order. Mm. <laughs> and I i I couldn't follow it enough to tell you what it's about because I was trying to use it as a background movie, and it when you when you do that type of storytelling, it doesn't work as a background movie. you kind of have to pay attention so hmm. so I will make no comments on it
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh well, I only watched two things, and neither one of them are really worth getting too deep into on this show. Uh, I watched Bohemian Rhapsody, which I enjoyed. Uh, but then the problem is if you go read about all the stuff depicted in the movie you find out about 50% of it is made up.
1: But isn't it one of those ones where the executive producers are the surviving members of the band? Yeah. And therefore, none of those guys do anything wrong in the movie and they're all heroes and uh,
2: their best friend is... No, well... Them. I mean, I guess, but they make up Uh, conflict in the movie when there was no conflict in real life like there's there's a point where he's kind of his assistant who was also his boyfriend at the time Freddie Mercury is trying to talk him into going solo and has this deal like on the table from CBS records and stuff And he's like, he doesn't really want to do it because, you know, he loves the band. But the band's kind of been getting a little dysfunctional lately. And he ends up just, like, saying that he's going to go solo. And they throw, like, the biggest, like, angry sort of uh, fight about it. And then they act like they don't talk for a couple years. And then they reunite for this uh, uh, Live Aid concert which of course is the big culmination of the thing so you go read about it and pretty much everybody in that band had their own solo project from when the band started to whenever they stopped touring and then the other thing is they were on tour like 8 weeks before the Live Aid concert I
1: was going to say I knew that part
2: (laughs) so there was no like problem with him doing solo albums and like them having a big like blow up like to the point they weren't talking to each other like that none of that stuff ever happened it was completely manufactured for the movie so it's just stuff like that that's just like I mean I guess they needed something for the movie but it was weird to just make up like this big incident between everybody and it didn't really happen but
1: yeah uh, whatever thing. for me it's like if you're going to make a biopic if it's not going to be realistic I don't know if I understand the point of it Yeah. but then again I find like if you're going to make a realistic biopic how many people's lives are interesting enough to make a biopic about
2: mm-hmm. um, and you and- would think Freddie Mercury would be the one that would be interesting enough
1: and if you're going
3: to make a biopic why don't you just make a fucking documentary like documentary better Than biopic. Yeah. Uh,
1: But I mean, biopics tend to be more entertaining. Yeah. They
2: do better better at the box office.
3: I don't. I don't usually particularly like them.
2: Mm. Uh, What's his name? Rami something or another. The guy who played Freddie Mercury, he did an awesome job. Yeah. So I enjoyed the movie. Like I said, it's just don't go in for a truthful telling of the life of the band and whatnot. Yeah. At
3: least least your complaints are about things that are like factually incorrect. Mm -hmm. Whenever you go online, the biggest thing you see people screaming about are like timeline inconsistencies where they're like, when that album came out, he didn't have a mustache. Mm -hmm. And it's like, uh, Okay. Um, um, I don't know. If I was a huge fuck fan,
1: fuck of the band, if I was a huge fan of the band, that would stuff drive me nuts too. Though, <laughs> that would be like, like if Queen was my thing, like that, like if I grew up listening to Queen, and I, and then they made the movie, and it was like that. That would kill me. Hmm. As it stands, I'm just going to not watch the movie because I don't have that much interest in it. But
2: yeah. well, like I said, the movie's the movie's good. It's just it's There's, a good movie. It's not a good representation of the truth.
1: I'm super Five. glad that it got made because it resulted in Wayne and Garth getting back together for one night only to introduce them at the... <laughs> was it at the Oscars? But, or something. Uh, I assume it was the Oscars, but I don't even know if yeah. that's
2: uh, Mike Myers is in the movie.
1: Oh, that explains
2: it. It's a... It's one of those that's just like... I don't know if somebody thought this through properly. So Mike Myers is in it, and he's... Like the head of the whatever record company they're working with at the time, and um, it's when they do Bohemian Rhapsody, and so they they bring it to you know they bring it to them. They say like, "Okay, this is our new masterpiece, and this is we want this to be the single." And then everybody, everybody's, yeah, everybody in the band's like, "Yeah, this is what we want to do." And he says, Well, the problem is it's six minutes. You're not going to get played on the radio with a song that's six minutes long. Like, three minutes is the sort of the sweet spot. And they keep arguing about it back and forth. And then at the, it's, I don't know, it's one of those moments that you're just like, So you cast Mike Myers in this movie just for this moment where he tells them it, it's not going to be good for. A single, because he doesn't think kids will be riding around in their car with it turned up, banging their heads. <laughs> and you kind of have that wham wham like moment.
1: Doesn't seem like the movie should have wham wham moments in it, though.
2: No. And then, uh, you know, they end up quitting that record company and whatever. I don't know. It is what it is. the The Live Aid stuff is cool because they pretty much. Do the entire live aid performance, like in the movie, which is yeah. good.
1: But so my comment on that would be: Can't you just go on YouTube and
2: watch? The yeah, totally, totally. Okay.
1: So to me, I would I would do that.
2: But also, as a filmmaker, it's interesting to watch the live aid performance and then watch the movie version and see how well they did, like getting it uh as exact as possible yeah, yeah.
1: You, you've, but, not, you've not sold me on this movie no, that's fine, that's not your fault though I just, like i
2: said it's it's not I mean it's not even we've talked about it way more than I had even planned on talking about it.
1: well uh, nobody else watched anything, so
2: true <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it's okay it's if you're into that kind of movie, you'd probably enjoy it um. I'm actually kind of looking forward to the Elton John one that's coming up uh, because they label it as a true life fantasy, and from the trailer, they're going to have weird aspects in the movie that I think is going to be very cinematic. That you can you could just watch it and be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, they're having fun with sort of this whole thing," and they're not saying it's a biopic, but that it's based on Elton John's life, but it has all these fantastical elements thrown into it to just as an excuse to play all of his music and have very cool, like visual scenes and whatnot. So it should be interesting.
1: I probably won't see that either.
2: You can watch your Norwegian death metal documentaries.
1: Oh, well, it wasn't a documentary. Was it? Or movies. Yeah.
2: That's fine. <laughs> uh, the other thing I watched was Captain America, or Captain America, Captain Marvel, which is another movie we probably don't really need to go too far into.
1: I have not seen it yet, so.
2: Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it. Like, it's good. It's not amazing. Uh, you just kind of watch it, and it kind of goes exactly how you think it's going to go. Okay. Which is fine, but I mean, you know. It's another origin movie which kind of gets sold after like the tenth one from Marvel
1: yeah how is the character is it someone that they're gonna be able to rely on heavily for future movies uh
2: you mean as far as like sort of being like the new face of the of yeah. the franchise
1: or, or one of the new faces
2: yeah uh, I don't know I wasn't definitely was not as emotionally invested in it as I have been in in some of the other movies i just uh yeah i don't know it pretty much played it safe and just sort of goes beat by beat exactly how you think it's going to um yeah i mean if you really want to see it go see it but it's not like the it's probably middle tier of the marvel movies it's not you know super great it's not one of the worst it's just sort of in the middle
3: I haven't got to see it yet and it's stressing me out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's bugging me too, but what's Uh, bugging me the most is that now there's like the new Avengers trailer and stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to watch any of it.
2: Oh, you can, you can watch it without having watching the
3: Captain Marvel. It doesn't really give anything away. I went to go see it over the weekend and I, I, there was literally only one showing that I had time to go see. Mm -hmm. And me and Char went down to the theater that, uh, has assigned seating and the good seats and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we got there uh, a good solid 45 minutes to an hour early. Cause I was like, you know, it's going to be busy. It's the first weekend, but it's a Sunday daytime show. So it shouldn't be that bad. And the theater, because of the assigned seating still had about 20 seats open and no two were next to each other because of fucking assholes. Spacing out their stupid seats with the assigned seating. Mm. I, I hate that shit.
2: Gotcha. That's why you should have went on Thursday night.
3: I should have, but it's hard to do all, during the week because I feel bad putting my doggy in the pen after he's been in the pen all day.
2: Mm. That's why I have a doggy that doesn't go in a pen like mine.
3: E that little motherfucker. He ate one of my shoes today. It's the first thing he's ever. It's the first thing he's destroyed since we got him. He he's never ever ever picked up or chewed on anything he wasn't supposed to. And today we're sitting there watching a movie and we hear this weird noise and look underneath the coffee table and he's got one of my shoes and he's totally chewed the toe out of it.
2: <laughs> uh, that sounds like a good time. Um, so without saying what it is, no spoilers. I am saying it's probably the greatest Stanley cameo so far.
1: I've heard that from others as well.
2: So be ready to be excited when you see it. And maybe you'll come back and be like, Yeah, it wasn't that great. But I had a great time with it.
0: Yeah.
3: I've just been assuming for some reason it's gonna be dh to Stanley. It's not. Yeah. But you'll see.
1: I'm I'm looking forward to the movie. I'm just I'm a little worried that the Marvel films are getting Disneyfied at this point. They are going to all be this middle of the ground, middle of the road kind of thing. None of them will be great anymore because they won't mm-hmm. scoot for the fences the way they have in the past. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, Avengers is coming next, and it's certainly it's like this three-hour epic that starts with half the characters dead. So. It's not yeah. going to be your typical movie regardless of what else happens.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, we're only like a month away from that, which has me excited. I know. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, middle tier, you, if you really want to see it, you'll probably enjoy it. Just, you know, it's not not the super great Marvel sometimes we get, but it's not the super worst either, so I don't know. That's good, yeah um part of it maybe since it takes place in the nineties, that we're just kind of like, "Oh okay, well, I mean, obviously half the world didn't blow up or anything, so whatever happens couldn't be that bad.
1: I mean, I guess there's that element i'm <laughs> I'm kind of excited for the nineties aspect of it. Does it play in at all
2: uh, It has a pretty fantastic uh soundtrack, yeah, I mean, it's all nineties music, so it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any any other sort of like, eh, nineties. Eh, um, she does uh, steal some clothes from like a, a a shop to to disguise herself, and of course it's a nine inch nail shirt, jeans, and a flannel tied around her
1: waist. Nice. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future.
2: Noah, why don't you tell us what you picked for next week's episode? I didn't pick shit. Fuck, Doug, why don't you tell us what you picked for next week's
3: episode?
1: (laughs) Well, I can see why you're confused because next week we're going to be discussing (laughs) Deadly Prey, which is. clearly a noah movie i'm not sure how come i picked it
3: um, <laughs> you were tricked
1: i was tricked because we're teaming it up with surviving the game which is got gary Busey in it and therefore must be good uh, so basically those are both humans hunting humans type movies mm-hmm. the, uh,
2: oh we could have done hard
1: target you know what hard target does not hold up you're better off just remembering hard target
2: no i know it doesn't I watched it a couple years ago and was like,
1: wow. It's, yeah, it really, John Woo movies from that period were, I don't, I don't know what the word is for them, but like they were way too art housey to be action movies, but they were too, way too action movies to be considered art. And it's just weird. Mm. Yeah. So, plus that mullet that Van Damme wears in that movie. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man. And when no. he finds his like, uncle and his uncle's doing that fake Cajun accent. Oh wow! There's a lot wrong with Hard Target now that I think about it.
2: Uh, wasn't it Wilford Brimley? Isn't that yes? It of?
1: was. Yes, it was. I mean, when you say okay, we're going to do this action movie, it's humans hunting humans. We had Jean-Claude Van Dam being hunted by Lance Henriksen, and claude Van Dam goes and hides with Wilford Brimley. I'm like, that doesn't seem like you could screw that up, but they did. <laughs> and not that, I won't even say they screwed it up. They just made a movie that was very of its time. Yeah. So. Hopefully surviving the game holds up much, much better. It has iced tea in it and we know that he is uh, timeless, right? So yeah. it is iced tea, right? It's not one of the other ices I get them
2: confused. <laughs> Do you have vanilla ice or ice cube.
1: I get iced tea and ice cube confused.
2: Oh, we need a we need a movie with ice in the title that stars vanilla ice, iced tea and ice cube together. <laughs> It'd be the team up movie we've all been waiting for.
1: Yeah, I don't see how that could go wrong. <laughs> so did you guys um, open your Facebook when other people were talking during our recording and notice that there's headlines going around that Johnny Depp is apparently has proof that he was the one being abused by Amber Heard and not the other way around oh no that's according to headlines that I'm reading and this is fascinating to me she apparently may have chopped off one of his fingers most of the way
2: what? oh no I'm still not seeing that. Unfortunately, I'm getting headlines of another mass shooting in New Zealand at a mosque. Yeah. Which is
1: bad. Uh, it's probably two mosques, actually. But that's not fun. It's not mm. the type of horrible violence story it's telling that's fun.
2: Oh, from the reliable geo.tv. Johnny Depp was abused by ex-wife. New evidence yeah. shows.
1: I have no idea if Geo.tv is reliable or not.
2: Uh, oh, Depp is suing her for $50 million for defamation?
1: I assume that would be the money he lost by getting kicked off the Pirates movie.
2: Probably. And I think he almost got booted off the uh, Fantastic Beast movie. Yeah. Weird. Are we going to find out that uh, Johnny Depp was, is actually a hero in this whole situation? and We just never knew.
1: I almost think it's worth it just so that we can finally learn the lesson to stop judging all these stupid celebrity things like jumping to these ridiculous conclusions I would agree because like, we just had it with that whatever that actor is that faked being beaten up yeah and now there's like that white supremacist guy that's faking being threatened and if Johnny Depp turns out he shouldn't have gotten all the shit he got maybe we'll finally stop
3: Nah, we'll keep going. Yeah. Yeah, but all it does is the problem with this kind of stuff is all it does is steal credit from the uh the people who are actually reporting real Yeah, damage. oh
1: yeah, like for sure. Like that's why you shouldn't fake being an abuse victim. Like assuming this story is remotely true and Johnny Depp is saying all these things in court, um then we have at least one person fakely reporting abuse, which is tragic because it really seriously hurts all the real abuse victims there that don't get taken as seriously because people, so whichever yeah. one of them is doing it, is a terrible person, and the other one is probably also a terrible person.
3: People just need to uh, exercise a little bit of skepticism, and it's all
1: fine. Yeah,
3: somebody says something, the proper response is we should investigate that and find out if that's true. It's not we fucking burn the person and then find out if it's true.
2: Yeah. I know. I mean Aunt Becky was just trying to get her kids into a good college and she's being demonized for Fuck.
3: <laughs> The funniest thing I've seen a bunch of people arguing and they're like, so they're all getting arrested for doing the same thing that basically rich legacy kids have <laughs> always done and is perfectly yep. legal
1: no 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 rich legacy kids directly bribed their way into the school these guys if you read up on it like I think Aunt Becky like got her kid in on a water polo scholarship and there's like proof of emails of her going my kid won't ever actually have to pay play water polo will she no 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 don't worry just photoshop her head onto this body of a, of a water polo person and send us a picture so that we can claim she's good at water polo it's priceless
3: Mm.
1: Those those uh, legacy kids never did anything clever like that. Never <laughs> pretended to be good at a sport they never played before.
3: <laughs> Plus, they're all probably pretty wicked awesome at water polo. Because that seems like something some rich little douche would do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that's the, the hilarious thing about this whole thing to me. And I don't know how the hell we're on this now, but... So, if you're rich enough to bribe your kid to get into school, kid doesn't need to go to school that badly. No. Like, if your dad's William H. Macy, you really need to go to college to get a good job. You could just live off dad's money the rest of your life. So, just give them the money and let them go live off of that rather than bribing
2: their way into school. Well, I think there's probably some weird backwards logic that if they go to, actually go to school, if we at least get them in, and they go to school and do a good job. They'll feel like they earned something. So then they won't be one of those uh, rich asshole kids that feels like they deserve everything to be given to them. I'm not okay. saying that that's actually what happens. I'm, yeah. just, saying, I'm just saying that maybe that's the, what their backwards way of thinking of why they're doing it.
1: Yeah, my advice to celebrities is if, if you have like half a million dollars and you're thinking about bribing your kids way into school... Tell them to go to the, whatever shitty school they can get into, and then just give them the money to start their life with, and they'll probably be fine.
2: Yeah.
1: Like if I if you have an edu- if you have an education from a state college and five hundred thousand dollars, you probably end up all right. If you, you know what I mean, like you're <laughs> you're off to a better start than most people who have just the education from an Ivy League school.
2: You can just be a good person. Maybe that would be good enough. Like, uh, I've heard Brian Cranston talk that whenever he's up for awards or whatever, uh, they'll usually send, like, a limo to his house to pick him up. So, he'll take his kids with him and stuff, but he reassures them, like, this is a special limo ride. This is not something that we're ever going to do, like, every day. And just basically points out that all this superficial bullshit doesn't really mean anything. And not to expect to live that life, like, every day. Which I think is good.
3: Yeah, um, hops on his golden helicopter and flies away. <laughs> yeah, but
1: you kids don't get a golden helicopter. I earned it. I pretended to cook meth for years to get this golden helicopter. Uh,
2: to switch to something good, I guess. Did anybody see the trailer for the Batman versus Teenage Ninja Turtles movie that's coming out?
1: I did not. not either.
2: Yeah, they're doing. Know, a, I
1: didn't know there was a trailer. If I'd known there was a trailer, I definitely would have watched it.
2: Yeah, they uh, they're doing an animated movie where they, Batman versus Teenage Ninja Turtles, which I'm assuming is based off the comic book that came out like last year, a couple years ago. But it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun. Shows like oh, the sh- the Shredder teaming up with Raja Ghoul to take over Gotham City and stuff. And...
1: Are they cartoon turtles or are they dark comic booky turtles?
2: Uh, they're cartoon turtles. Okay. But not like the goofy ones. Uh, kind of an in between. They're not like the the Archie, like the you know '90s cartoon. They're a little bit more updated, but they're not super dark and serious either. Oh, looks like it's gonna be there.
1: Awesome. Now I gotta watch that.
2: So. <laughs> so, so we should probably sign off so you can, so you can watch you yeah,
1: yeah, can we end the podcast now so I can go watch that thing that you just told me to watch? <laughs>
2: Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater.
0: And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.